At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com I have a reputation for giving people nicknames. So I'd like to introduce you to the yeah, Rocket Band. I'm showing off my guns. This is a show where we talk about guns. Yeah. Does it have to be like guns we shoot? Yeah, all kinds of guns. This is the gun show. Do they have to buy a ticket? Always. Right. Only members get to come to this gun show. <laughs> this is not the gun show. This is the Home Study Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today we have a couple big announcements that we wanted to share with you. And as you know, if you listen to our show, I hate doing just announcements without some kind of story attached to it. So there's also a little short story interview I did with a friend of mine and fellow podcaster. More about that later. First, our big announcements. First and foremost, the Wild Harvest course which you may have heard about in our last episode, is now live. The registration for the early bird list is taking place. This course is a complete hunting education course. If you've ever considered learning how to hunt for your own food, I'm not a trophy hunter. I hunt for food, and you should too, because it's an incredible way to put organic, free-range, wild meat on your table. It can be very cost-effective if you do it the right way, and it also is a great way to excuse yourself a day to spend in the woods sitting quietly in a tree. It's amazing. So if you want to learn to hunt, if you've ever thought about it, join the early warning list. Go to thisishomesteady.com, click on this episode or the previous one that says Wild Harvest on it. Join the early warning list because right now there's no place on the website to get access this early registration it's only for those people on the email list so join that early registration email list that is different than the homesteady email list that you see on the homepage. you have to go to this episode or the previous one look for the picture of the deer click join the list then you'll get an email which sends you to the sign up page it tells you all about the course and uh, you'll get the coupon for the early bird discount that way it is incredibly cheap when you get that coupon for the early bird discount. However, there are only 10 spots for early birds. So do this fast because it's going to go quickly. And it uh, could be over and just could be over by the time you hear this. Who knows? Um, we're only allowing 20 people to take that course because we want it to be very personal. It's a live webinar course. There are some pre-recorded videos and audio th- Uh, files that you're going to get to keep and listen to forever. Uh, You also will get all the recordings of all the webinars. 
uh, after they're done so you can listen to them again. But it's a live event. You can ask questions. You can listen in. If you don't understand something, you can pipe up. And it is open for registration now. So if you're interested in learning to hunt, you can learn a whole lot more. You can see some great videos. You can see a video that shows the first buck that I ever killed and uh, also some pictures of some great-looking deer and uh, some videos that show how to butcher it. You'll get to see quick little samples of all this stuff if you go to the website and sign up for that email address or that email list and then get the link. So there's that announcement. Also, Accountant Mike and I are going to be hosting a live webinar next month. Next month is Home Studies Summer Vacation. We will not have a regular episode. There will be no long, um, you know, long full-length episode with all the music and sound effects and nice stuff. Uh, but instead of not doing any episode, we are going to do a live webinar, which you can come and listen to live. You can ask questions. You can submit questions for it. To learn how to be a part of that, if you'd like to listen to me and Accountant Mike do our thing unedited, <laughs> go to thisishomesteady.com. At the homepage at the top, there's a spot to join our email list. Join the email list, and shortly you will be getting information on that webinar. We're going on our vacation. We're going together. We're going to catch striped bass. While on vacation, we will be recording a webinar. And you can be a part of that. It's going to be fun. So, those are the two big announcements. Now, for all of you who think this show should be renamed Hunt Steady because all you ever talk about is hunting now and I don't like hunting, I totally understand. My apologies. Today, we have one more short hunting story for you because it's an announcement about the Whitetail Harvest course. If you are sick and tired of hunting, well, go ahead and skip this one. We have some great homesteading episodes coming up again. Uh, we have a big episode on sheep coming soon with a lot of different interviews. It's going to be a really good one. We also are going to do a homeschooling episode because it's August. It's back to school. And I got kids that are now going to school, which is nuts. So stay tuned for some of those great uh, homesteading and farming-oriented episodes. I know a lot of our fans don't really listen to the hunting shows. Uh, so this is the last one. It's a short little story, short interview. And we'll be back to our regular program later. Until then, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy this story. It's with an interview with a friend of mine. It's a story about the first deer that he ever got. And he's a fellow so this podcaster is, in the making. For everybody listening, More about this is that the Rocket soon. Man. Today we're going to interview the Rocket Man. I'll have to get rights to that song. I think it's going to be a long, long time. Classic. It is classic. So, Burge, how'd you get that nickname, the Rocket Man? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> it was this day that it was a beautiful day last year. and uh, It was only last year. Yeah, I know, huh? Dude, there's the picture right there up on the wall, right behind you. That's it, yeah. The moment so, uh, We were down in this nice piece of property we had out to... Not too far from the house here, and uh, it was uh, Wednesday because you and I set out Monday, and we. That was didn't... your first bow season too, right? Yeah, first bow season. First bow season, like officially, you know. I yeah. mean, I've been out before, but yeah. not like a full season actually going at it. So, yeah. everybody's heard the term "beginner's luck." Whether or not you believe in luck, or that it belongs to beginners, this is one of those incredible stories where somebody who's brand new to something has a lot of things go right for them. It doesn't always happen this way with hunting. 
In fact, my first year of hunting was one big failure. South but not for a rocket man. Right? I think it was a south wind, yeah. If we had to wait for a south wind. Yep. And all week long, we didn't have a south wind opening week. No. But it was a great spot, loaded up with deer. It had to be Wednesday. Okay, so it was a Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon. South wind, and we were all working, and you were free. That's right. So, short straw. So That's <laughs> it. So, Wednesday, I went down there and uh, sat in the ground blind that we had set up. And, you know, it was a nice property. The deer funneled down the hill into this field. And, man, I tell you, there were so many deer that day. I mean, they were all does. And, yeah. You know. Nothing great, you know, as far as monsters, but a lot of deer. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's nothing like getting your heart going with deer, you know, just pouring into this field yep. as it goes. And and you're texting us pictures. <laughs> texting you pictures, uh, yeah. And we're at work. Me and James are both at work crying to each other. Was, Look at this guy. First terrible. season in with bow season, and he's going to land one already. It was like just counting it. So, <laughs> so I'm waiting for a good shot. I figure why not get a close one, but... Uh, that didn't happen, right? No. So <laughs> one of the does actually came up really close and looked right in the blind. And so I, I averted my eyes downward and tried to not look at it. And this thing just snorted. And Rocket Man knew what he was doing here. This was a smart move. Deer have the ability to feel eyes on them. It's an ability that a lot of us have. We get that creepy feeling that someone's watching us. And then sure enough, someone creepy is watching us. But deer have that even more powerful because they're prey for thousands and thousands of years. They've been worried about eyes watching them and following them. And so if you stare right at a deer, it's going to feel it. And if it locks eyes with you game over. So rocket man puts his eyes down or to the side. So this deer wouldn't get the sense that it was being hunted. I thought for a minute she might charge the the ground blind and I was figuring, (laughs) how are we going to end this one? We're going to get ready. Gonna get ready. Go yeah. with fisticuffs. Exactly. So, eventually, it moved out and kind of scared away. And I was thinking, all right, we're gonna have to let the, uh, you know, it was early in the season. Figure, let it pass. Take a, you know, wait for a better shot. Wait for the the right animal to come along. And you know, I don't know. Like I said, you know, we're probably up to about fourteen. You know deer in this 14 f- probably that oh, had gone man. through and come maybe gone and started headed down the end of the field now and finally it was getting really close to legal limit and light you know and i just decided uh, i saw a deer that was out by towards our game camera and, and you I didn't s- have a rangefinder, right i don't think i had the rangefinder no, with me you didn't you no were, not at this point yeah. i didn't have the rangefinder on me so <clears throat> so i was guessing about how far it was and what was your guess i don't know who knows <laughs> <laughs> you know it was one of those things i was like i'll just aim somewhere on this bottom marker. pin <laughs> yeah pretty much so you know we take you know i take it was perfect broadside so i couldn't not take it and i was saying i you know what i mean worst comes to worst i figure if i misjudge the distance i'm going to be either low or high yeah. at this point i'm not gonna i'm not gonna miss too much yeah you know and if i miss i'm gonna miss badly where i'm probably not gonna harm the animal at all and so uh yeah i let this shot go and man when we uh scoped it out later with the rangefinder, it was some 45 yards oh, so you know that's where the nickname rocket man comes from <laughs> And I think it's going to be a long, long shot. That's right. <laughs> 45 yards is a really long yeah. shot. Now, some people will decide not to sh- even shoot 45 yards. And that's a good decision for a bow hunter. Rocket Man was on his first bow hunt where he actually had deer in front of him, which usually gets somebody pretty excited. 
and maybe not thinking straight. He also didn't have a rangefinder, so he was estimating a shot that was actually longer than it was. We're not encouraging long-distance shots here. The term rocket man was not exactly a term of endearment while spending time early the next morning trying to help him find this deer. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. But, as you'll see, things kind of worked out okay. <laughs> so, Burge has always... This is my uh, my good friend, Burge, and he's always been into space. Um, he was actually a teacher of mine in high school by... It sounds like he's old when I say teacher of mine. He's a, you're a couple of years older than me. So it was like high that. school. You were just out of high school or college. But um, they let you just go right to teaching from high school. <laughs> this guy's good enough. Yeah, why not? So um, Birch has always been, he applied to go in the uh, teachers going to space program. Got rejected, but saved the letter because it was a letter from NASA with his name on it. That's right. So this is a guy who doesn't give up, doesn't look. Doesn't worry about failing. Doesn't learn, worry about um, taking a forty-five <laughs> yard shot on his first try at a deer with a bow ever. <laughs> Pretty much. And so we get the phone call that night. Right? You was it probably text first? Yeah, I think I text because um, I, you know, I fired the shot off. I let it, the arrow go, and. Uh, I definitely heard it impact the animal, so I knew I had hit the animal. Yeah, where I hit the animal, anybody's guess. I was aiming right behind the, uh, you know, for the vitals, but right behind uh, the shoulder. So wasn't sure if I hit it in the shoulder yeah. or not. It was such a long shot yeah. that, at this point, at least for the poundage I had set on that bow, it was definitely not going to pass through. I don't yeah. think so. You know, the odds of it not happening. But because there were so many other deer in the field at this point, and because it was a new spot, we didn't want to blow it up, so I ended up having to wait. Yeah. Um, and there was literally so many deer in the field. Rather than me making some noise and running out of the tent and scaring everything away, I, yeah. I actually waited till dark to, to get out of there at that point. If you've ever been on the other side of letting go an arrow and feeling unsure about what happened, well, you probably know how the rocket man felt. In the heat of the moment, sometimes we make snap decisions, and afterward, we might think to ourselves, perhaps they were bad ones. Sometimes they really are bad decisions, and we learn from these. Nobody's perfect. Other times, we get pleasantly surprised. Yeah. 
I, I basically at that point, I, you know, I had, I knew where I shot the deer. I knew which direction it took off. Um, I watched the deer's reaction, you know, obviously until I lost sight of it when it went into the heavy cover. And at that point, I just sat and watched the field for a little bit longer. Um, and then as it started to get a little bit darker, I ended up just pretty much taking a nap almost. I just laid down and, you know, allowed my emotions to calm down because the last thing you want to do is go out and track a deer when you're all excited up. And you got to give it time to, to, you know, if you push it, you just, you're not going to find that deer. And living in Connecticut where we do coyotes, oof, you're, you're likely to lose a deer that way quickly. So... drive home got some food and um, yeah at that point it was pretty much a sleepless night <laughs> waiting you know I think I got a couple hours you yeah. know because I'm not totally you crazy. talked I remember talking on the phone too and yeah I remember you, you felt like it wasn't a great shot you know I knew I hit it but I couldn't you know specify in how good it was yeah. because that you know the deer wheeled off and, and and even though and it took to you know took a good leap or two before it hit the woods yeah you know I wasn't quite sure so yep. didn't know what we'd find. Um, so and went home, got some stuff ready for the next morning, um, you know, to go track the deer. Uh, we were going to get up early. Oh, yeah. Because so, I had work in the, I had worked the next morning. James, <clears throat> had, James has his own business and stuff he's doing. So we were like, we wanted to help. I mean, this is always a big deal. When, when anybody shoots a deer, any of your buddies shoots a deer, you know, you got to go help them. Because one of these days... You're gonna shoot a deer, and you need their help, and you're gonna need help. Yeah, but yeah, we went right over to uh, where it was shot, and one of the things was this: it was not far from a game camera. Yeah. So we we checked the game camera, and nothing was on there as far as that deer itself. So we didn't see because no it would have been pretty interesting if you know we caught it with the the shot of you the deer see camera. It, yeah, that would have been pretty interesting. Help but, us. But we saw a lot of deer that night, so yeah. you know we knew. Um, and then we went ahead and we, we looked around and on one of the rocks, sure enough, we, we spotted a, a good spot of blood. Yeah. So we knew it had been hit. Yep. Uh, where? No idea again. You know, could have been anywhere. We, we, I remember pretty quickly we figured out, because there wasn't a ton of blood, it was not a great blood trail. It was a tough yeah. one. Um, but one thing you'll notice when you do this enough, blood trailing is, it's like CSI, you're trying to figure out what happened and learn from your crime scene. And everyone is different and everything tells a different story. And one of the things we noticed was the blood was to all one side of the trail. And it was very little. And some of it was up high. Yep. So you'd see on the side of a tree up high. Yep. So what that told us right away is this was a high shot. And... A higher shot doesn't have the benefit of gravity pulling the blood out. Um, it's not spraying with each step. Yeah. So we knew... And it wasn't right. a pass-through, so we knew that it, yeah. it wasn't a lot of blood. Yeah, it was one side of the animal, and it was up high. And that was like... That's not a bad shot, because you could still clip the liver. So the deer might be dead, stone cold, but we knew it was going to be a hard trail. Yep. And it was slow. It was slow. It was slow. 
What we saw initially didn't look good. The deer was shot high, the blood trail was sparse. This was going to be a long, hard trailing job. But fortunately, we have a really good system that we use. It's a team system, it involves a few different guys, and with this, we're usually able to find really hard deer. That never really helps in the moment, though. Once the team realizes that we're about to set off on a really hard trail, everybody's spirits usually drop a little bit because there's always that nagging feeling, that wonder whether or not we're going to be able to find this one. Of guys on a blood trail, you form a team. Yep. So each guy in the team assumes a different role. And again, because I'm the colorblind guy, I'm never lead guy. James has done a lot of blood trails. He's not colorblind, <laughs> uh, and he's he's got an eye for it. So he usually leads, and he'll he'll be going. He just walks and finds it. He's there's a spot, there's a spot, there's a spot. Yep. Sometimes if James gets a little too far ahead, I'm the anchor that everybody will come back to and say, okay, let's go back to where we st- where we last found blood. Yeah. And I remember just going at that rate. Like, yeah. was it an hour? <clears throat> it was probably about forty five minutes, and only covered. What did we cover? 45 minutes for 40 yards? Very far, but... No. And that was the thing. It was hard because it was a lot of small blood, you know, spots we saw. And then we just expected to see it at some point. We'd get spots where it was a little bigger, then it was a little nothing. And we'd get spots where it was tiny, tiny drops. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we didn't trail that far. Maybe maybe 45, 50 yards from the shot. In that 45 minutes. Just going minutes. really slow. It was really... Yep. Yeah. I mean, we'd get spots where we went really quick. Yeah. And we'd get two or three in a row or four maybe. And we were able to move ahead. But then we'd have to go into real... We'd fan out. I mean, sometimes we yeah. were 10 yards apart almost width-wise. Yeah. To one see. guy goes one direction. One goes the other. Yeah. What really threw us for the loop was we were heading up a ridge, which made no sense. We thought, if anything, this deer was going to run downhill. Right. Um, and so it was running uphill at this point. It was going towards the water source, yeah. but it was definitely, I mean, it's not a big hill, but we didn't expect it to go uphill because no. the bedding area was, if not level with the, with where it got shot. So yeah. Blood trails always have their ups and downs. When you're trying to find this deer and you're hoping more than anything that you find it completely whole, having died a peaceful death. Sometimes you find big spots of blood and you think it's going to be around the next tree. And then it can go just to sprinkles and you think maybe you've lost a trail. There are times where just one little strand of hair or a little speck of blood is all you have to go by. And you start to feel really nervous that this might not end Yeah, exactly. And it did a couple zigzags along the way, but eventually, you know, we came along and sure enough, we found this uh, big doe just leaning up there against the tree, you know? Do you remember who first saw it? Did James first see it or you? I never first see it. Was it you? Are you sure? I don't think so. I don't know. Well, it was one of us. So the rocket man we know, the guy who... You got a rejection letter for NASA. You don't give up. There's your deer. That's it. And uh, it it was not the worst blood trail I've ever seen, but it was a tough one. It was was close. Yeah. (laughs) Not gonna lie. No. The story of rocket man shows what we all know. Your first deer is a lot of work, a lot of things have to go right, and you can always use more help. That's why we designed the Wild Harvest Whitetail Course. If you're interested in learning how to hunt, if you want to get your first deer this year, it's not too late to start. Join the course, go to thisishomestudy.com, 
look for the picture of the big white-tailed deer, click on it, join that early warning list. You're going to get all the directions on how you can sign up and receive the early bird discount, which is going away quickly. The class is going to teach you lots of things, including the method that we used on Rocketman's deer to find it. It was a really hard blood trail, but we have a really great technique and it helps us find deer all the time. We're going to teach you a lot of other things. There's videos, there's webinars, Q&As, and you have access to all this information, including the recordings of the webinars when we're done forever. Go to thisishomesteady.com, join the early warning list, and you'll find out where you can sign up for your early bird warning and get access to that awesome wild harvest course. We're only allowing 20 people to take the course. It's going to fill up fast. Go and sign up now. For all you who are tired of hunting stories, don't worry. Our next episode coming up, our next full-length episode is about sheep. I know you're going to enjoy it. We're working on it now. And until next time, the road is rocky. Make home steady. Before I forget, Rocketman is starting his own podcast. If you go to ontheflycast.com, you'll learn all about it. Sign up to get the updates. It's all about fly fishing. So if you're a fisherman, you're going to enjoy it. And you'll hear a sample of the show coming soon to Homesteady. We're helping, we're working together on it. Going to be fun.